Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Adnan Shafi, and I'd like to welcome you guys back to Pariah Nation. So first of all, before we start, I know this is a very touchy topic in relation to race. It's gonna be, we're going to be talking a lot about race, but there's also just going to be a quick examining of what exactly happened during this case. And I, um, I'd just like to point out a few things in relation to how society has responded. So um, I feel like um, the first most, the most important thing we need to realize is that when such things happen, the best thing to do, in my view, obviously, yeah, the, the evidence did come out, that video did come out, uh, but it's important for us to view things in context, right? And I'm not in any way trying to justify the killing, but I'm just trying to say that it's important that as the black community all around the world that we have some sort of caution when we are talking about cases like this because if for example new evidence comes to light that proves beyond reasonable doubt that someone is indeed guilty of a crime and they were for lack of better um, for for the lack of a better language i'd say lawfully killed right then that'll definitely blow up in the face of of the groups of such as Black Lives Matter and of the people who have actually been unlawfully killed. So definitely when when the evidence for the, the Ahmad case came out, I'd say for sure there is um, there is definitely evidence for both sides. It's undeniable. And we're just gonna go through a lot of the things here, but it doesn't mean that first of all that anyone is guilty as of yet, proven by a court of law, but in my opinion, I think Actually, I'll, I'll get to my opinion at the end. Uh, I want to formulate it first because I don't want people to necessarily judge from the beginning. But um, we'll, we'll just have to see how things go. Um, I've managed to collect as much data as I can to, to actually support what I'm trying to say here. So, um, yeah, mainly my sources. Obviously, I'm trying to get them from both um, news sources and, of course, the Georgian law sites and all of these different things. Um, but without further ado, let's actually just hop into it. Uh, so as as you know, um, around I think it was February 11th or February 23rd, um, Ahmad Aubrey was shot and killed. Yeah, it was February 23rd. Uh, just a mini correction there. He was shot and killed um, while jogging. Uh, and that seemed to spark a lot of unrest. And obviously there's a whole... I mean, it's important to understand the context of this, but in in my opinion, if you were to ask me, race did play some, in some way, shape or form, a role in allowing this um, alleged murder to happen. And we'll get f like straight into it uh, in terms of context. So let's get into the context, like we're starting seven years ago. So did Ahmad, was he like fully cleared of any criminal charges? Um, the answer to that is no, and obviously it doesn't justify the murder. That's another thing that I think is very crucial. A lot of people have tried to use this as some sort of way of saying, yeah, you see, he was a criminal, and therefore he was um, he was necessarily going to be killed anyways because he was involved in some form of crime, and therefore they had reason to suspect. I'd say that's a bit of a, it's an interesting view to hold, but I don't necessarily agree with it, because seven years ago is a very long time ago. And indeed, yeah, he he was caught with a firearm and he was trying to take it onto school grounds. For what reason, we were not quite sure. 
but he was actually charged for that in 2013 and he was also running away from cops while doing so but again i'll state that that was seven years ago and it is quite possible for people to turn their life around right and another interesting thing to note here is one of um i'm not sure which source i had gotten this from i believe it was a cnn article that one of the people that actually helped arrest him in such an instance was one of the McMichaels, so one of the people that ended up taking his life, right? So that's the, the father in this case. And um, some people are trying to connect that, say that, oh, this is reason for him to, to, to think that he was armed. But I find that very, very problematic because seven years ago, again, it's a very long time ago, they barely knew each other, and for him to recognize it would be him from some sort of distance and then follow him down, it doesn't really make sense to me. Um, anyways, the next case that he was found guilty of is he was found shoplifting in 2018. So he does have some sort of criminal record. And um, I think, yeah, shoplifting does count as a felony because that's theft. Um, but when it comes down to, to that, I'd say that that is not necessarily reasonable cause for you to assume that someone could be stealing on another occasion. Yeah, sure, he stole, right? That was shoplifting. But on a jog, it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. And as you can see, there'll be more evidence that, in my opinion, will also prove that. So um, they also used the narrative that there was burglaries and some people had allegedly stolen guns uh, from their car. And obviously, there's no... I mean, this is a bit of an interesting narrative. Even the owner of the construction house in which Ahmad Arbery walked into, they did state that there was some rumors of burglary happening. Um, I do I do acknowledge that fact, but again, I'd like to state um, that there were multiple people from, according to the attorneys of, uh, you know, Aubrey's family, that there were several people that were visiting that house, whether it was construction workers, and there's previous footage, actually, from December 17th, and also February 11th, during Arbery entering the construction site. And in the December 17th footage, you can clearly see, according to the attorneys of the people owning the house, the construction of the house, right? Those people, they said that you can clearly see him wiping his mouth. So it is reasonable for us to assume from these two pieces of footage that Aubrey was simply getting water, right? And the cameras did notify the owner of the house that there was going to be someone there. Like when it catches some sort of movement, it notifies you that there's someone there. And it's kind of interesting that the owner of this construction, like the person, the, the, the house that was being constructed, um, didn't actually call the cops at all. <clears throat> and he had no reason to believe, he said on an interview with CNN, that anyone was actually going to be stealing, whether it was Aubrey or anyone else. And he, he's very confident that Aubrey did not take anything from the house. Um, so, I mean, for me, uh, what we're trying to challenge here is obviously the ground for citizens' arrest. Um, the, the main claim here that the McMichaels were making is that citizens, obviously, they can arrest others um, for felonies only, by the way. If there is a reasonable belief that someone was committing a felony and you are, you have to use reasonable force to make that arrest unless of course when it comes to self-defense if they if you get attacked that's where you get killed that's the defense that they're trying to rely on which i find kind of problematic in some senses because again <clears throat> the owner of the house didn't even call the cops and i respect the fact that the the mcmichaels did call the cops um but i don't necessarily see why out of every single person that stepped foot in that house 
not once, not twice, but several times during day and night, why was Aubrey, a black man, somehow the one who happened to be the robber? So someone could point out that um, one of the McMichaels allegedly knew. I wouldn't say personally per se, but um, <clears throat> they had known of Aubrey <clears throat> because of the past case. But that was seven years ago. Who's going to remember a case from some, uh, from some distance, you know? Who's going to identify that person? Oh, yeah, you know, that was the person I saw seven years ago <clears throat> in this case, if you're dealing with multiple cases. So I think definitely some some form of racial um, conditioning is actually what caused these two white men to believe that a black man was responsible for stealing something, right? But again, there are more questions that you have to ask here, right? As you can see in the video, there is no clear evidence of Aubrey taking anything from the house. So let's actually go through um, the case facts in more depth um, before we actually get into critiquing that whole citizen's arrest narrative, right? And then I'll tell you guys what I personally think they would most likely be guilty of. But let's go through the facts. So Ahmad was jogging, he enters a construction site and leaves with nothing, right? So far, by Georgian law, this is a misdemeanor, right? Because he was trespassing, yeah? Is that a crime? In some senses, yes, right? Because it's, a, it's trespassing, you know, on someone's property without their consent. And by Georgian law, however, that did not give the right of any of the McMichaels to actually chase him down. Right. Some are obviously arguing, yeah, we could reasonably believe that, you know, when, you know, someone's acting suspiciously, they could have stolen something. Right. But again, I'll say, like, he never came out with anything. And let's actually dig into this problem a bit deeper. Right. It, it must not have been something significant. Right. If he was if both of his hands were free when he was jogging, <clears throat> if they had the ability to see that he was stealing something, allegedly, then they should have also had the ability to see that both of his hands were free, right? That's a key point over here. So if your hands are free and then you're jogging all the way through, right? For me, that's an indication that you haven't taken anything of significant regard. If he was taking something, first of all, let's see, what, what, what would you go and steal in the first place? Maybe some high quality equipment and high quality equipment is usually large, whether it's, let's say, one of these drills or anything like that. If you're taking one of those things <clears throat> and you're able to see that someone has stolen something, right? Because you're not going to just pursue someone just like that, right? Unless you're absolutely sure that they've taken something, right? That's the whole idea of what that's what a reasonable person would do in my in my opinion, right? They'd be able to see whether it was a drill, whether it was a hammer, something like that. If they, they allegedly said that he stole something, that's what he should have stole. And also secondly, right? There's no money that is likely lying around like a construction site. You're not going to find anything of worth, right, um, in a construction site. Unless, of course, it's major equipment. So that equipment is definitely going to be large. So <clears throat> I don't see any reason for you to actually take guns and to actually leave your house with your son <clears throat> and pursue someone, right, unless it's at a distance and confront them. This is also the key part confront them when you have no reasonable proof that this person actually stole something you only have proof that they were trespassing so if that was the main reason for you to actually pursue them then i would say that that is no good reason for you to be chasing someone 
even if there was someone that was um those are like you know those burglaries happening around there is no solid proof that you have or i'd say enough that you don't you cannot establish enough proof to actually chase that person and hunt them down right that's just my view because there's there's no way you can tell us that you've seen that he's stolen something or you reasonably believe he's stolen something but honestly what is there to steal from a construction site i would i would accept this premise if that was actually a house that was being inhabited by people and maybe that person wasn't there but however i don't seem to agree i don't think that there was enough proof for them to actually chase ahmad down um let's move on a bit um on to what actually happened this is the part where ahmad unfortunately was shot and killed so from there they called the police of course which was right in my opinion and on their reasonable and quotes basis chose to pursue ahmad while they were both armed so this is another weird part of it we'll get into a bit later right the man the only reason why we know this is because the, there was someone else that was videotaping the whole thing so for me this is a bit of a question right you know clearly you must have known that something was going to happen if you're videotaping but this man's excuse right was oh i wanted to get a photo of this alleged burglar just in case he got away but let's pause and stop for a moment he was pursuing ahmad in a car right how is he going to get away if you're the one in a car and he's on foot so how do you get a proper image of this man who's allegedly a lot a robber right and then you say that that's going to be your main piece of evidence it doesn't really make sense to me and if anything i'm of the opinion that that person that third person was actually someone who was aiding and abetting in this case right because what happened was as you can see from the video there's the car following from behind and you already have the car of the McMichaels which passed Arbery they had to have passed Arbery if they're chasing him down and already they stopped the car in front of Arbery and they were both armed so now what happens is Arbery runs through and then he goes to the other side of the car so one of the boys is standing standing on one side of the car and he's armed with a shotgun and there's someone on the back of the car i mean yeah uh, on the trunk in the bed of the the trunk whatever and he also has a pistol Aubrey runs to the other side which in my opinion is him trying to avoid this guy with the shotgun and then they proceed behind the car right this is behind the bonnet of the car that's when the sh- the first shot went off so here's here's a key turning point in this case because it depends obviously what was going on in the minds of Aubrey and what was obviously going on in the minds of the person who was taking the shot so as you can see behind the car the one of the mcmichaels takes the first shot right obviously if abri was trying to run away and this happened to him and he he just wanted to get away from the whole situation then of course you'd you'd say in your right mind he has every right to attack the other man right which is exactly what he did right because he was shot in the foot like you can't you can't just say that you're going to just keep walking away and not try and fight for your life in such a situation anyways from there one of the mcmichaels proceeds they proceed to have a scuffle and as you can see abri is just simply trying to get the gun and here's what here's a really ridiculous ridiculous argument that the 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 attorneys of the mcmichaels put through in my opinion and they said that 
allegedly when Aubrey was trying to get the gun away from him, he shot himself. Somehow he got his hands on the trigger and he shot he shot himself. And for me that that's actually I might go to the extent to say that that's actually a disrespectful argument, claiming that um, he was the one that set in, you know, he put it into a chain of events in which, like, he was basically going to shoot himself. It doesn't really make sense to me, because he was clearly trying to avoid um, what was, um, what seemed to him as an impending doom, right? And what happened after that is two shots were fired, right? Um, again, and obviously now they're going to try and rely on self-defense, right? So those two additional times, and he fell to the ground. I want people to note something important here, right? To say that someone murdered another person, you have to establish two things. One, that that person actually took the final, they, they basically caused the person's death. They were the main reason for that person's death. And as we can see over here, once those two shotgun shots went off, that they were the main cause of death. But here's the main problem that I have with the allegation of murder, right? And obviously now people are going to be like, oh my goodness, you don't think that they murdered him? You have to understand from a legal perspective, this is the argument, right? Those people, right? It's very difficult to establish intention because I want people to think about this, right? If they were intending to kill Aubrey, right? They would have shot him before he even reached the, the car itself. There is some yelling going on, which in my opinion, right, Aubrey had no right to, like, to listen to them because there are two people that are unarmed, they're, they're armed, they're not police officers, and they're pointing guns at you. Like, obviously you're going to be scared, right? And there's a car behind you that you have every reason to believe is also chasing you, so you're boxed in. If you run into someone else's house, you might be trespassing and also get shot. So you're in a bit of a difficult situation here. But I'll stress that if they were intending to kill Aubrey in cold blood, that they would have done so without any good reason, right? And they would have intended to do so, right? Um, by simply just shooting him before he reached the car. Obviously, I'm talking like this right now because there's, there's additional evidence that, that I'm hearing about, but I don't know much about what's actually happening behind the scenes. So based on this, I'd say it might be difficult to, to push for murder, but I'd say that if we're basing this whole defense on the premise that they had no right to chase him down, which is my view, it might be possible to establish murder. And there's also another way to establish murder in the end. Because the question is, I read somewhere, and I'll have to get this um, again, right? There's no, there's no actual, um, uh, I'd say records of the McMichaels trying to call the cops after Aubrey was already shot dead, right? And the problematic thing about this is because they knew that they had shot Aubrey, right? But if you're in your right mind, I'd say that you'd have to call the cops again and update them. That's one thing. And second of all, if you've see, clearly seen that someone's just been shot, right? It's your responsibility as the person who shot him, knowing that this is a sticky situation, maybe to at least make some attempts to save his life, whether it's to stop the bleeding or anything like that. But no, they decided to allegedly turn his body around to find out if he had a weapon, which doesn't make sense because he was already fighting you with his fist. If he had a weapon, then you'd have clearly seen that, you know, that, that, that when you were shooting him, that he was armed, but he was not armed in this case. So definitely when you see that 
he was on the ground. In my opinion, there's no evidence to show that they were actually trying to save his life, right? Knowing that this was a sticky situation and therefore there would have been, the law can actually impose a duty on you to, to at least make some effort to either save his life because you've put into, um, you've, you've essentially put this man in, in a situation where his life is on the line, right? And it's up to you to either call paramedics or to update the cops in some way, shape or form, or at least to try and stop the bleeding. And there's no evidence of them trying to do that. So I'd say if anyone's trying to argue for murder, that would personally be my line um, of actually arguing that there was a murder possible. But before we move on to actually the, the other fishy parts of this case, right, is if we don't get murder in this case, which I, th I don't know, in my opinion, based on the evidence that we have, it might be difficult to claim capital murder, right, even though that's what they're being tried for. I mean... The, the the district attorney said that there's a case for it and I trust that they have they have a case for it and they will essentially push for murder based on the fact that they had no right to chase him down nor did they actually have um, the right to just simply leave him to lie dead there right so if they actually can do that I'd say that there's no problem with actually putting those two men in for murder although I'd say like if they were actually intending to kill Aubrey again then they would have shot him before he actually reached the car. And that's my main issue with actually saying that there was murder, right? But obviously, there's that whole discussion that can happen in court. But I think, for me, the most strengthening, like, the, the sorry, the strongest argument, in my opinion, is that this could have been gross negligence manslaughter, right? Just because someone is acquitted of murder, and this is a common misconception, doesn't mean that they're fully innocent in the eyes of the law, Right? In my opinion, I can I can gladly say that there's a case for gross negligence manslaughter. And it's a very strong one in that regard. Because you have no evidence to actually chase someone down, right? For a misdemeanor, not a felony, right? Which the case, which is a requirement for a citizen's arrest. And then you clearly know that first of all, let's put ourselves in Ahmad's shoes. Right? You are running. You don't think you've done anything wrong, right? And two men who are armed, two white men, may I add that, because we've seen the narrative when it comes to unarmed black men being shot for absolutely no reason or no lawful reason all around the states. If you're putting a reasonable person in the shoes of Ahmad Arbery, you can easily claim self-defense. If he was to, even if Ahmad Arbery took the shotgun and killed both of those men, I would say that he would have a case to actually claim self-defense because these two men are not police officers, right? They shouted. It may have been unintelligible to him. He may have not known what was going on. And that's why he was trying to actually avoid this whole route um, uh, the, of, um, of the other side of the car where someone was holding a shotgun. And obviously now, like when he went past the car, he, he was fighting for his life, right? If you run away into someone else's compound you might get shot because you're trespassing if you run away from these folk you don't know what's actually going to happen to you because we've clearly seen the many cases of unarmed black men that are being shot in the united states of america so if we're talking from a legal perspective if you put a reasonable person in ahmad's shoes i would say that they have he can have the right to claim self-defense and when he punched and when he punched and attacked that man who was holding the shotgun, I would say that it was it was perfectly legal to do so. And people shouldn't just paint it as some vicious attack. What was he going to gain from from attacking those men? 
Like, let's even ask ourselves, like, what, what was he trying to gain, right? Because he's, he, if we want to go back even, let's go back and, and use um, the excuse that they're using. Oh, yeah, he had a previous criminal record, right? If he, had, if he had a previous criminal record, he is known to be running away from cops or at least from authority, right? Even when he was in possession of gun, even when he was in possession of a gun, right? But what happens is now when you try and apply that same logic here, it doesn't really doesn't really make sense, right? Because he knows, if he knows how to handle a weapon, right? Why would he, he knows that these men also being gun owners would know how to handle a weapon. So why would he challenge them? It doesn't make sense. Obviously, you'd only challenge someone who is armed to a higher degree than you if you could reasonably believe that your life was in danger. And this is why, in my opinion, I think that gross negligence manslaughter is probably the strongest case over here. Right, because those men had no right to pursue Aubrey when he was on his way down. Let, let me just also kind of stop here, guys. Um, whoever's listening, feel free to add any questions and actually maybe some pointers um, that you might actually want to contribute to the conversation. I can see Ashraf is here in the chat. Thank you for tuning in, Ashraf. And we have one more listener. If you would like to comment, you can feel free to do so by just quickly making an account and then commenting through there. I'd love to actually have this conversation with you guys. It's better to have a dialogue than a monologue. But anyways, let's let's move on. If you guys want to comment, I'll be looking out for those. Um, there's some more fishy facts, right? Yeah, thank you, Ashraf, <laughs> uh, for commenting. <laughs> but what I'll say is like there are also some additional fishy facts. And here's the thing, right? Here's where race is more involved in the case, in my opinion. So let's look at how the police dealt with this, right? And here's perhaps the most problematic part of this whole case. Aubrey is now pronounced dead. And the police go to inform his family that what happened? That apparently he was involved in a burglary. Wow. If there's any form of a miscarriage of justice, I'd say for me it's false labeling. There's no evidence that Ahmad Aubrey stole anything from that construction site. And this is something that we, <clears throat> we have easily seen from the testimonies of the person who owned that house that is under construction. He didn't even call the cops because he knew that Aubrey was probably getting water, right? Because there's a tap at the front of the house and also at the back, right? So... It doesn't really make sense in my opinion so when it comes down to when it comes down to you telling a whole mother of a victim right of what could possibly be gross negligence manslaughter you're telling me that her son was involved in a burglary when there's no clear evidence to the effect it doesn't really make sense for me and the police officers that made that judgment they needed to be prosecuted too because you can't simply just say that oh, you know, we, we allegedly saw him going to, you know, trespassing, which is true, right? But you have no evidence to the fact that he was actually stealing something, which for me is a huge problem. But things get even worse when the DA gets involved, right? So one of the, uh, the prosecutors, uh, apparently, um, they instructed police not to arrest Aubrey, I mean, not Aubrey, sorry, one of the, the McMichaels, right? And apparently this was because they didn't, they, they saw no legal problem 
right? Um, with um, with the way they handled the case and everything. But anyone could clearly see, right, that from that video on its own, which is the only piece of evidence they had at the time, by the way, this is one day after the killing, that this is at best a case that needs to be prosecuted. And the whole point of the matter is, is you shouldn't just be assuming people um, innocent without any legal due process. If these two men are truly innocent, right, then they should go through the same legal process that every single other citizen of America has to go through. The United States of America, pardon me. So for me, it was quite, it was quite ridiculous that they were able to say that they saw no legal problem with it. Who is she to decide? When she, in fact, when we find out, and this is, again, like just adding salt to the wounds, <clears throat> she had worked with the McMichaels for around, I think it was a 10 to 20 year period, or at least in some way, shape or form, that worked together. And this, for me, is clear, a clear sign of bias, right? And it's not just any bias, it's dangerous bias, Right? Um, <clears throat> sorry, Ashraf has just commented over here. That's the problem with the law enforcement, USA especially. The police officer arrests black men because of their color, even when they're innocent. I mean, it's true. Like, um, a lot of people will go on about, oh yeah, black on black crime, it's a huge issue. But that is a narrative that is, I'd say, it's, it's very... <clears throat> Um, it's a blinding narrative because it's not really using much logic, assuming that all of this happens in a vacuum, right? There are studies that have been done, and I was just reading a Harvard paper about this yesterday, that shows that there is more investigative time being given to black crimes, right, compared to white crimes, right? That already shows that there's a stigma in policemen's mind, policemen and women's minds, that black people are the ones who are going to be committing crime. And also, on top of this, right, Someone did an experiment on TikTok, and I'm pretty sure if it was a black person that we'd be dealing with another Arbery case, and I can say that with confidence. Here's the thing. A white man decided to do an experiment, and he ran with a TV in his house, like, in his, like under his arm, right? He decided to run with a TV under his arm, right? And he ran for 2.23 kilometers, Right? He waved at other neighbors and he ran in a, a quote-unquote white neighborhood. He's a white man running with a TV in his hands. If there's anyone that you could think was stealing, right, it would be him, right? The cops were not called on him. But here we have a man who has run out with absolutely nothing. As we've said, there's nothing in a construction site that you can't see if someone's not, like, if someone's stolen it. If, if Aubrey had stolen, let's say, whether it was like expensive equipment or something, you'd have seen him carrying it because it's large. And if you're stealing something, are you seriously telling me that Aubrey is going to steal a screwdriver or a hammer? What, what motive would someone have to go into a constructed house, like a, a, an under construction house, to steal a hammer? Even if he was stealing a hammer, let's be honest, you. Like, what else is he going to steal? There's no money that's just lying around in a constructed house. Like, I mean, uh, in the house under construction. It doesn't really make sense to me. What the best thing would have been to do was to honestly just sit at home, call the cops, describe the man, and let the cops do their jobs. And again, I'll critique uh, citizens' arrest laws immediately after I, I'm finished with the, the DA here because it's quite problematic that she showed bias by telling them, first of all, the police lied to his family, and then second of all, 
she actually said that those those men shouldn't be arrested and that was one of the main reasons why the cops did not make any arrests until that video came out and here's the most problematic thing in my view right it took to up to two months right i think it was 74 days for someone to actually release that video and you can clearly see that when a black man could only get not even justice a trial when the whole country decided to make noise when a presidential candidate decided to make noise when politicians started to open their mouths across the world right making noise for me this is clear racial bias right i assure you that even you can look at all of the cases <clears throat> trayvon martin running away literally and then he gets shot down like all of these cases are literally just the products of racial conditioning which is done through obviously you know the media all of these you know little comic uh comics uh from back in the day that's now obviously been passed down onto children maybe that's even what happens in all of these like you know largely white communities and when people talk about white privilege this is white privilege in black and white if people were honestly looking for justice they should have looked for those two men on the first day and they should have arrested them gone with the legal due process but that unfortunately did not happen as we have clearly seen so i mean we're, we're kind of coming towards the end but as i said like if you guys want to comment anything um feel free to do so any opinions feel free to challenge my views by all means i'm not here to preach i'm here to actually engage in intellectual conversation with you guys so please feel free to comment if you haven't made an account please do so also subscribe to the podcast here as well but i just need us to notice something right but let's go through everything just from the beginning like in summary before we actually begin to close so we have people chasing a man who they have no proof that he committed a felony that's a key thing right there's no substantial proof that ahmad aubrey committed a felony right he was trespassing which indeed was a misdemeanor right he may have looked like someone who's a burglar in the past or whatever but it doesn't it's not conclusive proof right in my opinion that those men did not have enough authority to actually chase down this young black man and engage engage him with with their rifles or whatever the pistols all of that stuff right they had no right to do that and it was extremely negligent of them to do so right so obviously when they called the cops and they said they were in pursuit even if you're in pursuit right it is wrong of you to obviously um to obviously just go out and start confronting someone right if you're not quite sure about all the facts right and this is why i'm talking about the reasonable person i don't think the reasonable person would have actually followed them down being armed because it doesn't really make sense for me right on the topic of murder do i think personally that they intended to like and this is the thing about murder right you have to have the intention and prove it do i honestly believe that they were trying to kill him intentionally just because he was black i personally don't think so right but i think that the main reason why they chased him down was black the main reason why there was no trial for him was because he was black right and obviously they assumed all of these different things like burglaries but there's no justice in assumption 
there's justice in due process. And if Ahmad did not get due process within the first week of him being allegedly murdered, that for me is a sincere problem. And obviously we'll have to see what the lawyers bring up after this. But in my opinion, these are my views. Again, you don't have to agree with them. Is it possible to actually get them for murder? I think it's possible. Is it a strong case? I think it could be a strong case depending on what evidence comes to light after the fact because as far as I'm concerned after you shoot someone you have the responsibility keeping in mind you're not a police officer right <clears throat> when you point at someone when you when you're a white person and you're pointing a gun at someone who they honestly believe they haven't done anything wrong and then they start running at you right of course you should be expecting that to happen because that person is in fear of their life you're not a police officer what gives you the right Apart from the law, obviously, which you, which is debatable whether they have a right to follow him down, right, uh, down the road and everything. But honestly, they did not have the right to just say, oh yeah, follow orders. Who are you to tell me that I should follow your orders, right? And I assure you, if it was the other way around, if a black person had done this to a white person, oh, best believe the cops would have torn him apart with bullets. Best believe that would be the case. But here, now people are saying... Oh yeah, you know, we need to actually start considering maybe he should have followed their orders. It doesn't really make sense to me. If you're not a police officer and I'm one that's actually against this whole thing of citizen's arrest, if you're a citizen, stay in your house, let the police do their jobs. It is an outdated law that has no roots, in my opinion, in modern day society. 911 in the US, in some places the response time is two minutes. If that is the case, who are you to go pursuing someone? So if you ask me, one of the main reasons why, of course, we're having this case in the first place is citizens arrest laws. In my opinion, and of course, this is why I'm, I'm leaning very much towards the UK position in terms of law, you should not have the ability to arrest someone if you're a civilian, right? Even if there's a crime going on, you should only be... Um, uh, you should only be allowed to use your gun in self-defense if someone is actually armed and they're coming at you. Obviously, um, that's like self-defense is a whole different other topic. But I definitely think this whole thing of citizen's arrest, that law needs to go. Because it gives people um, the, the, the whole ability to exercise this whole idea of racial bias. And obviously, there is racial bias within the, the, the judicial system, of, as we've seen. Right? Because there was no justice for Ahmad within the first month or the second month, and the police lied to his mother. At the same time, um, there was also, like, you know, although the DA recused herself and another DA recused themselves as well, there's clear bias that is being shown, and there's problems within the Glynn County Police Department. And that's what, what people aren't really recognizing. So, obviously, guys, um, I think I'm basically done. You, you have my verdict. Is it possible to get murder? Yes. Do I think it would be legally justified to do so? In some senses, yes. But I'd say they did not intend to, like, to kill Aubrey just indiscriminately. They, this is my view. If I was a lawyer, I would by all means go for murder because obviously um, there might be more evidence that we don't know about. But one thing that is important to note, and this is my position, I feel free to be challenged by any evidence that comes um, forth be, uh, afterwards, you know, by the lawyers. If they had intended to kill Aubrey, they would have done so before he reached the pickup. And <clears throat> the, as you can see in the video, if you go back to it, obviously, if you're if you're someone who's quite sensitive, I don't like I don't think you should be watching the video. It's quite graphic. In fact, you can see the blood and everything, right? Is 
they would have the dad actually pulled out the firearm only after he saw the son being charged at by Aubrey, right? For that's one line of the defense that they can say that he had no intent. But at least, and I tell you, if we don't, if we don't come out, if these men come out innocent, I'll be mad with the justice system, right? At least people should know that this, in my opinion, there's a very strong case for gross negligence manslaughter, right? Those men went and followed him down and hunted him down for the sole reason because he was black. And why do I say that? Because when you look at the people who are actually entering the house, there was many people entering this, this house that was under construction of all kinds of colors, allegedly, right? So why did they decide that this black male was the one who was robbing people? They had no solid evidence to pursue him, right? And if those two men do not get gross negligence manslaughter, in my humble opinion, as we've already seen, the judiciary is biased. That is clear and, you know, it's black and white proof of some form of white privilege, in my view. And that's probably going to be where I wrap things up. If you want to... Um, yeah, sorry, Ashraf has just commented something. <clears throat> yeah, statistical discrimination. It is a fact that, yeah, black-on-black -black crime is it's quite large like in relation to like 94 percent of all black people that are killed actually killed by other black people but like obviously there's um that doesn't mean that um you know um that doesn't mean that a white person has every right to believe that a black person's a criminal like it's hasty generalization in my view right even though that there are more black people or a large amount of black people in the prison system and they make up the majority and of course i'll have to research my stats on that um as we proceed into the last few minutes, guys, if you have any last questions, if you have any challenges to the argument that I've presented for you guys today, please be sure to leave those in the comments. And um, I'll just wait like a couple of minutes before we actually close off. Um, Ashraf, if you want to comment anything else, if the other three that are listening want to comment anything else, I'd be glad to answer before we close off the podcast. I'll just wait for a bit. Um, and yeah, just finally, guys, I what I'd say in terms of Black Lives Matter, there are many cases in which we have seen um <laughs> Ashraf Singh don't challenge Adnan. <laughs> challenge me please guys, because for me justice matters more than anything else. And this is one of those cases where I think justice needs to be served, at least in the form of gross negligence manslaughter. Right? But before I go, I want to talk to people that maybe don't understand these cases fully. There are cases of other unarmed black men being shot for absolutely no reason. And in the some of them, it's in the safety of their homes, right? Like I literally heard of a case of someone literally was in a house and they shot him 76 times. Like generally, guys, two shots is enough. And that's the regulation standard in the UK. You shoot someone twice in the chest. Even the terrorists that have knives in the UK, right? <clears throat> Keep in mind, they're armed to a higher degree than these unarmed black men. If you saw the London Bridge case, you can tell me that even at close range, right, a person with a knife, not even a knife, a machete can be shot twice. What gives you the authority as a police officer Five police officers to fire 76 rounds into a un, to an unarmed black person's house, right? I can't, you can't justify that. And this again, it goes, there's two main reasons for this. 
obviously there's the racial conditioning we've talked about and the police brutality in the US is absolutely disgusting. And as a black person, you have every right not to feel safe, right? But in these cases, what I'll say is compliance, right? Guys, we have to be careful, right? Because in these cases, you never really know what's going to happen. But I highly, I highly advise you guys to go and research all of these Black Lives Matter cases, right? And for the people that are saying all lives matter, it does, we're not, obviously all lives do matter, but what we we're saying, all lives do matter until, they won't matter until black lives matter. Because we've clearly seen that there are cases where you can't excuse police action. You've seen people being stopped and there's video recordings of a police officer saying, oh, don't worry, we don't kill people unless they're black. You can't tell me that that, doesn't, that isn't indicative of some form of racial discrimination in the justice system, right? And if there was anything of any sort that showed that the, there was an equal playing field for black people um, in the American judicial system, or even just police interacting with black people, we would see that. And I'm sorry, guys, just even mentioning one more thing, putting someone into a... Like, I think there was another case, the Eric Garner case, like, you know, someone being put in a chokehold and literally saying to stop he was literally choked to death right um it it doesn't really make sense to me like when once people say that that white privilege doesn't exist look at the central park five this was not even like less than maybe 40 years ago right where they literally planted evidence they colluded to plant evidence and so many boys they 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 lost 20 30 years of their lives to go into jail unjustly. So kindly to all the people who are skeptical of this idea of white privilege and that we should just forget about racism, think about these cases and tell me what's going on, right? Because I'm tired of hearing black people being reduced to a number. It's not, it's not, it's not, in, it's not okay anymore, right? And us as black people, whether you're living in the US or whatever, the reason why as, as a Kenyan I'm actually speaking out about this is because Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a danger to justice anywhere. So I can gladly say that as a black person, I have every right and authority to speak on this topic, regardless of where you are. Because for me, that sort of injustice is absolutely disgusting. So I'm going to close off. Uh, Ashraf has recommended a nice movie for us to understand this whole idea of white privilege. Best movie to describe this topic would be Just Mercy. I recommend that you watch it. Thank you, Ashraf, for that. And without further ado, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. It has been a great privilege to, to be able to have knowledge to speak on this topic, or at least to, to have researched into this topic and actually um, see both sides of the, uh, the, the coin here right to acknowledge both sides of the coin what i'll say is before we make judgments it is important to view both sides of the evidence and just see wait for more evidence to come out before we make conclusions although i think this for me is, is sufficient evidence you need to like just prove that there was at least gross negligence manslaughter so if anyone doesn't want if anyone wants to say anything before we leave please be sure to do so i will be releasing the podcast um as a recorded version in the next hour or so please be sure to share it with your friends family everyone else thank you so much guys much love stay safe and black lives matter